0: listening to the always be booked caribbean cruise and orlando vacation cruise cast with your host tommy casabona
1: all aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the always be booked cruise cast show coming to you not quite live from orlando florida i want to thank you so much for taking the time to find download and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising as usual I ask you at the top of the show please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and now Twitter. Most importantly, I would like the uh, Instagram, where uh, more most active on there. as We tell you guys every week pictures, memes, funny stuff, not so funny stuff, informative stuff, recap stuff, uh, interactive on Instagram. Check us out there, and again on Twitter. It's always be booked at always be booked. However, they do it. I'm still learning the uh, tweet world. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to find my place necessarily yet in twitter but we are working on it and uh let's just see let's see what happens there also as usual emails i need the emails ladies and gentlemen questions comments concerns corrections whatever you want to say but just keep in mind i want to read these on the air so As much as I do appreciate, and I want you to keep them coming, I really, really do appreciate the encouragement and all the support that I'm getting from those emails, but I'd love to have some, uh, you know, some respondable stuff, some things I can kind of read on the air, react to, get back to you guys with, because like we say, and like we continue to say, over and over, and almost to the point where it gets... Uh, At nauseum here, Uh, we want to keep this as interactive as possible. So that's email once again, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Also, most importantly, you can find this podcast wherever you find it. You obviously found it, so you found it somewhere. Wherever you did find it, please rate it, review it. Uh, Share it with a friend. uh, Leave some comments, whatever you could do. That is the biggest way you could support this show. And if you like what you hear, at least a little bit on a weekly basis, uh, that's going to be the thing that's going to keep this thing going for as long as humanly possible. And there is no end in sight, ladies and gentlemen. Really, really happy about the direction of the show like we talk about. You know, we talked a little bit about the last couple of weeks about what I'm going to do and where the show is going to go. And I talked about adding another day would be a port profile or a cruise profile. I still don't rule that out. And I don't mean to kind of be wishy-washy with a lot of stuff. But again, we are in only the fifth month of this whole thing. And you have to understand it is a work in progress. And I will tell you this. like, There's, there's a few things. So I I have a full-time job, as you guys know. And I in an ambitious manner try to say, all right, you know what, I'm going to commit to two shows a week. Because that's really, I'm like, you know what, i got to make that work. And one's going to be a port profile, one's going to be a cruise ship profile. And I kind of do that while, while I'm, I, I say before the process happens. So I'm like deciding that I want to do this and then I actually go to do it. What happens, lo and behold, there's not enough time in the day. So I would rather not necessarily tell you things that I'm going to be able to do that I really, at this point, because of the full-time job, not able to bring to the table. So here's here's where I'm at right now. And you know what, guys? You guys know me by now. It could change in two weeks. I don't think it will, but this is the direction of the show. Plus, the other thing is I don't want to give you guys more than you can handle of me because I, <laughs> I can only handle so much of me. But I can tell you this. I do look at the numbers, and what I do see is that A lot of times when I have two weeks of shows out there, the numbers, of course, it's more views overall because there's two shows, but each show gets a little bit less views because, again, you guys have lives too, and uh, I don't expect that you're uh, clamoring around your – podcast listening device just waiting for me to release another uh, show hopefully you are hopefully you eventually will be but at this point we're not we're not thinking that we don't have that type of uh, swagger at the always be booked podcast yet but hopefully you guys are enjoying the show and what I really really think that is gonna be the best thing for us right now is for me to just stay committed to the one show per week even this week we got busy ladies and gentlemen I'm sorry can't help it we're a little bit late it's into Wednesday now I told you you get the podcast on Tuesday I don't want to be putting myself in a position, putting myself in a situation where I gotta be, uh, you know, feeling like I'm telling you things that aren't true. So again, work with me a little bit. I know we're going back and forth a little bit, but here's the direction: one show a week, guaranteed, and it'll be whatever topic we can come up with that week, or we th- think about, or whatever it inspires me to talk about cruising this week, and then. If there is time, I will do another show. And that other show will be a port profile or a cruise ship profile. And, you know, maybe it's every other week. Maybe it's once every three weeks. Maybe there'll be a run where the whole month, there'll be two shows a week. But at this time, I want to be as realistic as possible and committing to two shows a week Then I talked about that YouTube stuff and that was just I mean that was very very ambitious of me at this stage of the game especially since I told you that the new stuff at work did kind of come through when that was being discussed there were more things that are up in the air as things are starting to get a little more a little more clear and make sense a little bit more and the direction is you know where I'm going going forward I am going to have to give that it's just due so I am here. You'll get the one show a week, hopefully more. They'll be looked at as bonus episodes, but who knows. All right, last week went to Fort Lauderdale, ladies and gentlemen. You know I love Fort Lauderdale. I went back again and, uh, you know, just had a day or two. I was going to go there for two days and hang out with a couple of friends, maybe hit the beach during the day and have an enjoyable little mini weekend in Fort Lauderdale, as you know I like to do from time to time. So like I told you, I got the alignment fixed and the car drives smooth, the truck drives smooth and everything's good, but there was an issue. Uh, I do have a taillight out. The left back taillight was out, so <clears throat> I had to go to AutoZone to get that taken care of. Now, again, like I tell you, from New York City, guys, we don't necessarily do a whole lot of driving in New York City. We do subways, you know what I'm saying? To to have a car in New York City, you're pretty much well off, you know what I mean? You're like, you're not middle class, You're you're... You can't. Well, you're going to park your car. I mean, for for you to have an apartment in New York City, two grand, to be able to have a car with insurance and everything like that, $500, dollars $800, could be up to 1000 depends upon what you're driving. And then to be able to park your car. You, if you're lucky enough to live in an area where you can find parking you're still gonna have to pay another six or seven hundred dollars to have the place where you park your car for work so the car thing doesn't really happen I don't really know too many people that are uh <laughs> making less than three or four hundred grand that have their own car and drive around New York and uh you know just have that luxury where they're commuting over the bridge you know to work in the city every day so it just doesn't happen so again. This is disclaimer city here. I don't necessarily know a lot about cars. I don't, you know, it is what it is. I'm in Orlando now, and I'm going to see him driving every day. So I probably should be able to fix my own taillight. Unfortunately, I'm not. So I go to AutoZone. I find out it's an auto parts store, but they will gladly come outside and change your, uh, they'll change your car. They'll change your taillight for you. So I go up and, uh, you know, I'm ready to, and again, the gay guys, I don't pretend to be politically correct, okay? So you could call us what you want, say what you want, if you want to, you know. I'm I'm online purchasing the taillight, and uh, I say to the, you know, the cashier woman is, is very attractive, cute, on the younger side, girl, 25 years old, around, very, very friendly. Hey, how are you? Oh, check you out. I'm like, yeah, you know, I called a little while ago. They told me that somebody can change this for me. And she's like, oh, yeah, we'd be glad to do that for you. And then, uh, you know, she's probably about five foot three. Again, like I said, attractive girl, pretty smile, nice girl. I'm like, yeah, can you, uh, can you call somebody up to uh, take care of that for me? She's, she goes, oh, I got it, no problem. <laughs> she goes, let me get my tools. So she just goes in the back, and this is just this, like, petite looking, cute girl go taking me out and, uh, to my truck. And she's like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll take care of it for you, no problem. And she's asking me questions. I don't know how to answer the questions. And at that point, I just, you know, I don't say I turned in the man card, but you know what, the man card kind of got suspended a little bit right there. And I know there's people listening to this from all over the place and won't even understand my disclaimer about when you're from New York City, you don't necessarily know your way around cars too much. But it happened, and it was kind of embarrassing having this uh you know, very sweet young girl, young lady, uh, change my, uh, <laughs> bring her tools out and change my, uh, tail light for us. And she told me, yeah, she said, yeah, I come from long line. My father was a mechanic and she was really nice while she was doing it. She didn't, you know, she did her best not to make me feel too emasculated, but it is what it is. So had to fix the tail light and that enabled me to start my journey down to Fort Lauderdale. So I head down to Fort Lauderdale. This is a real quick story, guys. There's no this is not a long one at all. I go down to Fort Lauderdale thinking I'm going to be there for two days, two and a half days. So I pack a bag, get the taillight fixed, hit the road. Get down there, check into a hotel. I always like to check into a hotel. I, know I get people I could stay with. But for some reason, it's just, hey, I don't like to be in people's way. I just don't. And I also just like to... Be as I am. You know what I mean? I like to have a pool down there that I can kind of have access to. I like to have my own kind of place that I can retreat to. I don't have to be as messy or as neat as I want. So I just get a kind of like, you know, nothing crazy, $90 hotel. Uh, They're they're not too bad this time of year. So I uh, get down there, put everything away, check into the hotel. Now I'm meeting a couple of friends out. Go out and uh, it's a little bit later. It's on the later side, so that's always dangerous. Uh, and, and I'm talking like an adolescent here, and I, you know, you know, I, I'm no stranger to doing that here and there. So I, I, I'm playing catch up, and that's basically what happens. And honestly, I take it to a level that a man my age just really has no business taking it to nowadays. So. I was out of control. I mean, I didn't do anything crazy necessarily. I was just <clears throat> extra, extra, extra drunk. So uh, I try not to get that cra- that bad anymore. It was like that old school level where you like almost feel like you're gonna throw up, and you know, I haven't I haven't thrown up from drinking in a long time. So, but in this particular occasion, I felt like that could happen. It did not, thankfully. So I got home, ate a little bit, fell asleep, woke up with the worst hangover I've had in a generation at about 10 a.m. and uh am i gonna get ready am i gonna go to the pool am i gonna plan out the day am i gonna check out cruise ships am i gonna you know go catch up with my friends at their apartment where their pool is am i gonna do any of that no when you're this experience you know when it's time you had the bad night plans are derailed pack up and get out of town (laughs) Exactly what I did. So I basically went to Fort Lauderdale for a night out because that morning I was just like, I'm in no shape to do anything. I don't even want to deal with anything or anybody. I'm not going to be able to uh, be very social right now. So let's just set sail. Let's get some Arby's and let's enjoy a nice drive home. And that's exactly what I did. Nice drive home was anything but what it was, though. I drove in my, you know, however many years, uh, the worst Worst, worst weather I've ever seen. Just every other hour, there was just violent, violent thunder and lightning storms. People were having no problem pulling over to the side of the road, left and right. I didn't do that. I mean, the windshield wipers were just rendered useless. It was a nightmare because it was just so difficult to see out my window. But, you know, lowered it down to like 35 miles per hour, as did most people that were on the road that were still driving. And uh, we made it. We got there. So that's it. All right. That's it. That wasn't so bad, right? All you people who want me to get right to the cruise stuff, we're right to the cruise stuff right now. Come on. Let's get some news going. Royal Caribbean has hired their own meteorologist. That's a new one, huh? This is a move that marks the first time any cruise line has ever hired their own weather guy. And congratulations. Congratulations. To James Van Fleet, who is a very experienced TV meteorologist, and now he's Royal Caribbean's personal, whatever you want to call it, their very own king of weather, the weather czar. Royal Caribbean just continues to innovate these new positions they're uh, they're putting out there. He's going to operate the weather. He's going to operate the weather, but he's going to be in charge of I guess predicting and uh, the weather fleet wide. It's a full-time position. This is in no way, shape, or form relinquishing uh, any duties from the captain. The captain. Ultimately, will remain the ultimate decision maker, but James Van Fleet, ironic last name, Van Fleet, will be paid to gather and relay the atmospheric information he collects to communicate that to the captain. Uh, And, you know, he will have his recommendation on the best navigational course, and the captain will apply that knowledge to, you know, his final decision on which way he decides to go. Not really, not really sure, but this might be a move that's a result of the controversial sailing in February of 2016 when uh, when the Anthem of the Seas sailed directly into a hurricane. That resulted in about a thousand well, – not, not about – several thousand dollars in damages and a ship full of horrified guests. I mean that was – you saw some footage on that. I'm not sure if you did or not, but there were people saying their last I love yous. There was damage everywhere. It was like one of the worst, worst – and those – What are the quantum-class ships? They're very tall. You know what I mean. So you have a tall ship. What it does is creates a situation where you know the the center of gravity isn't exactly where you want it. If you're going to be heading through horrifying seas like that. In addition to that, it's just so it's tall. It creates a huge wall, and you know it's almost like a sail. The wind can catch it, and it. The listing. I always told you guys, man. The listing. I don't mind the waves when you're hitting them, take straight on and and going up and down and bouncing up and down. I don't even care because I know the ship is not going to topple forward. So that's just kind of fun. I do not like that listing. You know what I mean? Those uh when the, when the waves are coming from the side and you know I don't I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like I said, Royal Caribbean continuing to innovate. They were the first ones to do the lifeguards and now they have the CEO of all things weather. What do you want to call it? The weather general the Minister of Meteorology. I don't know what they call this guy, but uh, you think of a good title. I wonder if other cruise lines will follow suit. As you know, when they did the lifeguard stuff, now... um I guess Disney always had the lifeguards, but that was just a constant. Royal Caribbean added them, and uh, ever since then, they're going to put them on all their ships, and Norwegian is going to do the same. It will be interesting to see if Carnival does the same. That's going to be another reason why I go more in the direction of Carnival in the future. If so, if Carnival holds out and doesn't jump on the lifeguard pool bouncer bandwagon, I will definitely be more inclined, and that will be another feather in the cap of Carnival when I'm making my decision to cruise next time. Alright, staying with Royal Caribbean, the largest cruise ship uh, in the world's exterior is complete. It was completed last week and she was floated out of its dry dock to, you know, make sure it floats. The entire exterior is complete and the next phase of this is to bang out the interior. Symphony of the Seas is the name of that ship and it will debut in April of 2018. She will spend her first month in the Mediterranean and then she will take her talents to South Beach – little LeBron James reference. Big shout-out and congratulations to the Golden State Warriors who bought their way to a championship. I think that was it. I don't care. I didn't like when LeBron did it. I thought it was outrageous when he joined Dwayne Wade on the Miami Heat, ultimately creating a super team. But this is another level. You're talking about a team that would have been either even money or favored to beat the Cavaliers again, and then they add the second greatest player in the world to that team? To me, I don't know, it's too much. Why would Kevin Durant, who arguably could have beat the Warriors with his own team, why would he have to join them at the end of his contract? All right, moving back. Uh, So she's taking her talents to South Beach, and uh, the Symphony of the Seas will begin alternating Eastern and Western Caribbean cruise itineraries. As we mentioned, she will be the largest ship in the world. Making her the largest ship in the universe. Upon her completion, she will be 230,000 gross tons, with 28 more staterooms than any of her sisters. So the Oasis and the Allure, This is the big sister. This is not the not the oldest, but the biggest. So, congratulations to Royal Caribbean, the largest. And then we talked about. We'll talk about it later. Uh, supposedly, they won't be the. She won't be the longest. The the biggest cruise ship for very long. All right, let's move over to the fun ships. Carnival Cruise Lines announced that as part of their Carnival Live program, they're going to bring in the big dog, Chris Tucker. He will be added to their roster of performers uh, while Dr. Nassau, September 21st and September 22nd, the well-known comedian and actor will perform on the Carnival Breeze and the Carnival Liberty, respectively. You may know Chris Tucker. He was a stand-up comic, but more likely you'll know him from his roles on two separate motion picture, not movies, franchises, Friday uh, with Ice Cube and Rush Hour, opposite Jackie Chan. Uh, Pricing for that uh, event is, as usual, on the Carnival Live sailings. It's $30 for general admission tickets. And if you want to splurge, you can get a $100 ticket. That'll be VIP access, which will guarantee you seating in the first few rows, as well as a photo op with the legendary actor-comedian Chris Tucker. I wish we had a clip we could play because he had – I mean, that first – I think they overdid it with the Fridays, but that first Friday movie, so just Friday in general with Ice Cube, that was a cult classic and a legendary movie. He had some great, great, repeatable, quotable one-liners in there. He stole that show, and that kind of is what put him on the map. All right, moving on. Chairman of the CTO, what is the CTO, you ask? It is the Caribbean, or Caribbean, however you like to say it, tourism organization. And their chairman, Dioniso DiAguilar, had some positive news in terms of cruising at a press conference held in New York City. He said that cruise passenger arrivals to the Caribbean are up 4.5% for the first few months of this year. Uh, versus last year and that translates to about 10 million people it gives you an idea of how many people actually travel to the Caribbean if there's four point five percent and that means 10 million actual people that's out of control so Diaguilar was recently elected to his chairman position this year and he's been a very very vocal and very prominent figure in all of the Caribbean tourism industry he's also actually the acting minister of tourism and aviation in the Bahamas. So this guy is a very influential person in that part of the world. Uh, All right, moving down on over west to the Lone Star State, that's right, Texas, the port of Galveston did something kind of unique this past Friday. What they did was host an event that was essentially an all-day open house for the community. About a year ago, they completed a huge expansion of the cruise terminal and the area around it. I guess they thought that it was about time they show it off a little bit they gave tours they answered questions to anyone who come by and listen also the retail tenants of the facility they had an opportunity to showcase what they have available they were setting up booths they were doing exhibits i don't know if they gave away free stuff usually you give away something free you're trying to do a big promotion draw people into your area and uh kind of act as like this was this this event was pretty much a showcase event uh usually you have to kind of give a little something i don't know if they did that or not but it sounded like it was a good event uh potential guests in the area were able to come by they could see the whole thing what the scope of the port had to offer you know know that if you're obviously going there if you're cruising but you don't necessarily have to maybe you're dropping off some people that are cruising you can you know pair that up with parking the car maybe walking across the waterfront uh, doing some shopping having something to eat so uh, the port of galveston wanted to showcase that all right to our friends down under we have some good news For Australia, Carnival Cruise Lines announced that they plan to expand their 2018 to 2019 cruise program uh, to the largest number of sailings it has ever had. Apparently, they will have over 70 sailings from Sydney and Melbourne, and that's going to include short sailings and weekend samplers. You guys down there spoke, and Carnival absolutely listened. There was a huge demand to get Melbourne back on the radar, so they added a bunch of round trips from there uh, to New Zealand, several of the places in the South Pacific. A lot of these are extended sailings, though. you got some 10 to 15-day sailings and, in some cases, 18 nights. In May of 2018, Carnival Spirit actually has a cruise from Sydney to Singapore that's 19 nights. I don't think I want to mess around in Singapore. Uh, What do you guys think? I saw... I saw that movie uh, Return to Paradise, right? You see that one? The one the, when ben, before Ben Affleck was funny or whatever it was, he was like doing a serious role where they all went on vacation to, I think it was Singapore, and they just had some weed, and then they got thrown in jail, and then uh, they got imprisoned for a while, and one of them a- ended up getting executed, and that's just like how they roll down there. They don't play around, and that's just why. You know what? You want an extra clean, pristine city. You want no crime. Don't play around because we will kill you for having marijuana. I mean, I don't know. Even if you, you really, it's not as bad as they say, it probably isn't. It probably certainly isn't as bad as that movie uh, depicted it to be. I still probably would be too neurotic walking around there just knowing that, uh, you know, because I do a lot of dumb stuff. And uh, something may be misconstrued or misunderstood and I could find myself being hung. And nobody wants that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't want that. Maybe some other people do. So... People in Australia, congratulations. The uh, well, what else is going on down there? You still have the so that's that's gonna run into 2019. They were gonna do a purpose built ship for PO and that was going to be uh, you know set to Australia. But instead they recommissioned that for uh, Carnival, unfortunately. That was much to the dismay and it ruffled a lot of feathers with the people in Australia understandably, but the good news is you are, good news for you, you are getting the Carnival Splendor, which most people know is my favorite ship. Again, there's nothing special about it, and of course, if you're down there and they were going to do like a brand new P&O ship built from scratch, I would probably say that would be really exciting and something you guys would rather have, but you're getting the Splendor. That is the best aft pool at sea. All right, this is the story of the week here. A 73-year-old guy was solo on his yacht. It reminds me of a movie called All Is Lost with Robert Redford. I don't know if you've seen that one. It just shows you that I'm like a little bit of a nerd because just look if you want to look it up, look it up. All Is Lost with Robert Redford and he's uh just this you could tell he's a well-to-do yacht guy and uh the the movie opens up with him discovering, you know, waking up to finding that there's a leak in his yacht and he's somewhere in the Indian Ocean. You don't even really know where he is, but he uh finds out that over the course of the movie, this sh- this yacht he has is just not going to make it, and through de- several different stages of just things getting worse and worse and worse, a couple of uh, failed rescue not failed, but he tried to save himself. There were some carrier uh, container ships in the area, didn't get rescued, and uh, – There's really no words in the movie. There's no speaking in the movie whatsoever. But it's just really, really intriguing trying to see this man-against-nature type of situation. And uh, Robert Redford does a really, really good job. I won't tell you how it ends, but... Uh, the movie is called All Is Lost, and I definitely recommend it. I recommended it to a couple of buddies of mine. They cursed me out for the next three days. How could you make us sit through that boring piece of crap? And I do understand that if you like action movies and dialogue and drama, this and that, well, the drama's there, but uh, to me, it was just like almost like uh, Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea. It was very, very simple storyline, but just done with such detail. And uh, you know the struggle. You kind of feel like you're in that boat with him. Um, either way. So anyway, so apparently uh, his the guy's name is Mervin Wheatley. He was involved in a transatlantic yacht race. Uh, <laughs> are you serious? Does this guy have anyone around him to tell tell him how bad of an idea this is? So I don't know. Somewhere in the North Atlantic, he was in an awful, awful storm. So you got a 73 year old guy on a yacht by himself in the middle of the north north atlantic in an awful storm his boat got knocked sideways not ideal and one of the porthole windows got smashed in and the boat was filling up with water the thing was about to sink he was headed towards halifax where the race was supposed to end uh several other boats were in the area they were in distress they made it somehow and the u.s and canadian coast guard teamed up on this one they sent air support they sent a few vessels uh After a cargo ship came by and tried to rescue Wheatley, but was unable because they just didn't have the equipment to uh, to to be able to hoist them up. The U.S. Coast Guard contacted the Queen Mary Two. That's right, the Queen Mary Two, and requested that she get involved with the rescue operation. Everyone was brought home safely. Apparently, this race had been going on for 25 years, and nothing like this, nothing even close to this extreme, had ever taken place. Uh, waves were as high as 35 feet. This guy is a hardcore yacht guy, and supposedly he could not stand cruising. He hated cruise ships, all things cruising. Being a like a you know yacht captain or whatever he was, he just didn't like cruising or cruise ships. When he got on board, they let him borrow a dinner jacket. That's again, that's Cunard and <laughs> Queen Mary. You got to have a, the actual dinner jacket is a thing here. So they let him borrow a dinner jacket, and he was the captain's guest at dinner. When he was asked about the whole ordeal, he said, everyone has been so nice and perhaps I'll be a little less snooty in the future when it comes to cruise ships. Oh, my gosh. I should hope so, sir. Perhaps, perhaps you'll be a little less snooty. Uh, This is the Queen Mary 2. You talk about a tough crowd. This guy, are you kidding me? The Queen Mary 2 picks him up. He says, maybe I'll be a little less snooty about cruising from now on. Guy's boat is sinking in the water, and he makes a statement like that. I'll tell you what, it's a good thing there wasn't the Carnival Fascination, and that wasn't the only ship that was in the area. He might have said, no thanks, I'll take my chances on the sinking yacht. I have no idea. All right, moving on. So I wanted to discuss something before I kind of get act- got into actually what the topic of the show is. It just kind of stuck out in my mind the other day. I was listening to another podcast, Cruising Podcast, I'm a big fan of. It. It's called um, the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast with... Matt Hodgeberg and like I said it's I I love listening to the show and I think Matt does a great job but I just wanted to kind of echo the thoughts that I were having when I was listening to this particular show it was his last show and the topic was things you don't like about cruising or things you don't like about a royal caribbean cruise and really what it was is just basically things you don't like about cruising but you know you do understandably his show you have to kind of bring it all the way back to Royal Caribbean somehow or another, and that makes perfect sense to me. And again, nothing to beef about, nothing to battle about, but I just wanted to just kind of express what I felt about what I heard. So they were talking about things that they don't like to do on cruises. Now, that I have no problem with whatsoever, and I just wanted to kind of get this thought out there. I'm dancing around. It sounds like I'm dancing around, and I apologize, but I heard them discuss things that they don't like about cruising, and I think there's tons of things that I don't like to do when I'm on a cruise, and I think you guys probably all have a ton of things that you don't like to do when you're on a cruise, and I guess their message was – and I'm not going to lie. I guess I took a little bit of offense to it. Clearly, I stepped back and realized, you know what? This is their opinion, and it's not – it's fine. They're allowed to have that opinion, and I'm allowed to have my opinion, but it's not offensive to me whatsoever about the discussion or what you don't like about cruising, but I guess some of the reasoning and the backup conversation about why they don't like it is what kind of like, a, you know what, dude, like, what what are you talking about? Like, uh, they were saying that, okay, so the first guy, I didn't get this at all. The guy said he doesn't like the pool deck. He doesn't like the Lido deck when he cruises. He doesn't like being outside uh, by the deck. I don't necessarily understand You know, why you're going to the going on a cruise or going on the Caribbean if you don't like being on a Lido deck or at sea, like on a on a on a pool deck that's like the central area, the central hub for all things that are entertaining during the day. You know, but that's fine. You don't have to. You know, if you that's just that's not your thing, that's fine. But then they started getting into other reasons, and one of the things that came up and it was like pretty much directly from Matt, and it was he doesn't understand why people have to watch sports on a cruise. (laughs) And I was just like, in my mind, I was like, all right, so clearly. And he said he he, he precursed it saying he does like baseball. He's not a big football fan, but he doesn't mind it. What that means to me is that, you know, he doesn't mind baseball and he really just doesn't watch football if it's on. He doesn't care, but he doesn't want. But he said he actually went so far as to say like he will actually leave spaces on the ship where th- people are watching Football and all that stuff so far I got no problem with. But then he kinda backed it up by saying, uh, I don't understand why people have to do that. They're on a cruise, they're at sea, they're in the Caribbean and you know, they're caring about sports and they're worried about if texas a&m is going to be texas is the actual teams he used so i find myself and i find myself in an area where people want to be feel like they should be watching sports and you know matt's a very nice guy he wasn't saying it accusatory but yes there was an air of judgment in what he said and i was just like his person like I, i the way i see it is this you go on a cruise you do whatever the hell you damn want to do and if it's something that you like ...to do on land, and you could take that perfect world scenario, that thing you like, whether it's sports, whether it's, uh, I don't know, trivia, whether it's reading books. You could make the same argument reading books. You know, if you can do that and transplant that experience onto a cruise ship, to me, that just makes it that much better. So, like, if you like to read books and you read a book on the subway, you know, what are you going to say? Now I'm on a cruise ship. You know, I read books all the time on the subway. Why am I going to read one on a beautiful Caribbean cruise? No, it's not the way it works. You watch sports at home. You know what? You're on a cruise ship. You could be on a cruise ship in one of your favorite places in the world, in the middle of the Caribbean, at a nice open-air pool bar or whatever it is, and you got the sports on. That's all the things in your life that you love transferred to a cruise ship. Why would you not? Why would you wonder or ask or guess why anybody would like not not like watching sports, I get it. You're not a sports fan. So just say, you know what, I don't like sports. Like I wouldn't necessarily spend a lot of time saying that I was not. He didn't say offended, but he said he just really, really questioned why. And it made no sense to him that if you're a college football fan and Texas A&M is playing Texas and it's showing on a cruise ship, it made no sense to him. Why would you go and watch that? Go enjoy the Caribbean and get the score later. So my point of this whole, I guess, mini, mini rant is, Enjoy your cruise the way you want to enjoy your cruise. If you have an opportunity, like like we just said, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, Christina. Christina, like she told me that there was a whole cruise for the Super Bowl. And that would be a cruise that I'm absolutely interested in. We'll talk about it. She sent an email back with information about that. And I will absolutely give some details on that. But again, this is not meant to be like, you know, like we talk about all the time in the letters I get. And the most common thread that I get is you guys, when you're driving in your car or you're at work or you're doing whatever you're doing, listening to my podcast is like listening to like a companion or somebody that you're, you know, just hanging out with somebody you know. And that's what I want it to be. And I think that's the key to podcasting I think that connection you know we talk about inf- informing connecting and entertaining the connecting part is where you feel like you know somebody and that's when I like when I listen to any of these shows I listen to I don't never met Matt never exchanged a word with Matt in my life but I love his show. And when I listen to him, you know, you feel like you know him and you feel like you're connected to him. So the whole point of this little mini rant was just to kind of like, I guess, react. And it would be nothing that I wouldn't say. I'm not saying, you know, you're wrong for saying that. Horrible. You shouldn't say that. It's not even about that. It's just, you know, it's I felt like I was listening to him. And if I was in a conversation, that's just what I would go back to him. And I'd say it with a smile on my face. I'm like, oh, come on. You can't necessarily judge how people cruise if somebody likes sports. And the you know the the Yankees are on and they're in the playoffs and it's a uh, game seven. I'm like this is awesome. I'm gonna have a beer and some wings on the waterfront of the uh, Norwegian Escape and I'm gonna be watching the Yankees at sea. Man, nothing, nothing, there's nothing better than that. So my point is, whatever you doing on a cruise, your cruise your sh- cruise ship becomes your universe when you're at sea. When you're on your vacation for that seven days, that is your world, that's your universe, and whatever you normally do at sea. I mean whatever you normally do on land and you enjoy on land, the more things you can transfer to doing that great version of that at sea, to me, why not? That's about it. All right, so let's get into what the purpose of today's show is and the topic of today's show. And you know, we've done this before and we talked about goals and cruise goals and things that you want to do at sea and in an industry where things are always changing and things are always going to another level, I think those cruise goals are probably naturally going to change too as more things get added to the list of things that you're able to do when you are at sea. So let's get into it. So the first thing that I have on this list of things that are I would consider my cruise goals, cruise goals part two, and that is just in general, Cozumel. And it's funny; it's kind of ironic because I know a lot of people. To a lot of people, it's an unpopular port. I know Emma. Emma, who we're gonna have back on the show soon. We're planning a uh, another show with Emma and talk about some interesting things relating to cruising and some things relating not not to cruising as well. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring you Emma too in the next coming weeks. But um, you know, she hates Cosmo, and I agree with her per se in terms of you know is there a lot to do on the island of Cozumel if you just you know if you if you're looking to just get into some cheap fun and not necessarily have to spend a ton of money there's not a whole lot there for you at Cozumel and i agree with that however uh you know most people talk about the fact that there's a few bars there's a few uh, all inclusives you have a little bit of diving and then besides that there's not a lot that Cozumel is bringing to the table if you can make it over to the mainland, however, I think there's a whole world of things that you could do. The trip I have coming up, it is it has a thing called Carnival. Uh, Cozumel Plus on it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. And all it very, very simply is, is just an extended time in the port. So usually in port for what? Anywhere between six and sometimes if you're lucky, uh, seven or eight hours. Uh, In this particular sailing, it says Cozumel Plus. What the hell does Cozumel Plus mean? All it means is that you have a good amount of time in port and it's going to be a full 10 hours. So we get in at noon and we're not leaving till 10 PM. So, I mean uh that could be good or that could be bad i'll explain why in a little while so if you can make it over to the mainland and you don't mind spending a couple of dollars not a whole lot but pretty much just the regular price of just a, a shore excursion that you'd pay anyway through the cruise line a lot of things and a lot of options open up and i as one of my cruise goals are looking to take advantage um uh, to some of these options and the first one is the ruins if you can make it you can get to chichen itza you can get to tulum you can get to a few other places in the area Uh, i would personally like one that you can climb is that weird i don't know you usually take a tour for most of them and you're basically laying your eyes upon some of the oldest oldest most ancient things in history in the history certainly uh on this side of the uh on this side of the planet on the western side of the planet. what they do is they close many of them off, unless you have unless you're like a certified archaeologist. I don't know if that's because they don't want them to get damaged or they don't want you to get damaged. I don't know. But I would personally like to pick one that you can kind of get to the top of, climb to the top, check out the beautiful view. I like I like heights. I like getting up high. Sometimes, you know, I don't necessarily love planes. Uh, I, I like to be secure in my heights but I like to get up on top of things I like to get a good view as per you know as usual you know I could talk about the st Thomas mountaintops and stuff like that I love being away and uh, getting a beautiful beautiful view 360 degrees and being able to see all around you so I would love to do that, but there's tons and tons of ruins. You get a full tour guide you can you know immerse yourself in the history and we talk about cruising a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with the caribbean you're not always dealing with the most culturally rich areas and stuff like that. This is an exception to that. You can go down there you can really really enjoy yourself and get a full tour you can get a full scope of you know what what it was like and you can get some history on you know how these people lived and there's pretty much you know ancient ancient times so the ruins is something i definitely want to do when i go to cozumel next time also you can go to cancun for the day there's tons of stuff to do in cancun you want to party a little bit you want to drink a little bit if it's during the spring break months you can uh see a lot of pocket tree out there and enjoy yourself there's actually a uh A a private island, I forgot the name of the island, but there's an island just off of Cancun as well. You could have a full beach day, like a lot of those things that you can do in uh, Nassau. I was talking about all those little remote little beaches you can take a boat to, but Cancun is an option for you in Cozumel, and most of all, what I really, really want to do, and what I am absolutely going to do next time I'm there, is check out one of the many cenotes. What uh, they are, are freshwater lakes, pretty much lakes, small lakes that are allowed to form because of a very porous ground that lets the rainwater uh, seep in through these under, you know, underground mountains, caves. Uh, These freshwater lakes start to form, and you could dive, you could swim, you could snorkel, you can kayak, you could raft through them. Uh, It gives you a really cool perspective. You're almost like swimming inside of a cave, and I definitely want to do that next time I'm there, and I absolutely will be doing that next time I'm there. All right, cruise goal number two, and this is a ship in general, just a ship, and it's called the MSC Meraviglia. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about her. First of all, she is an absolute monster. I like big ships, and I cannot lie. I've been obsessed with the upcoming Seaside. You guys have heard me do a couple of shows on MSC as well as the MSC Seaside just because of the layout of the ship, the exterior of the ship, and how it really looks cool. It looks like a like a legitimately literally a floating condo. But the And the Maravilia wasn't really on my radar. I knew it was coming, but I didn't really know where it was going, what it was about, as much as I do now. Uh, aside from being the biggest thing built from Europe ever yet, this ship is absolutely gorgeous. It just looks like a... I don't know. You look at this ship, and I don't know why. It just looks like a freaking... It looks like a machine. It looks like a... If cruise ships could be athletes... This cruise ship would be Bo Jackson. I mean, from the outside alone, it's just one majestic looking ship. And then you get to see what's inside. First of all, just general decor. See, I'm not necessarily a picky decor guy, but I will be honest. Some of the U.S.-based ships can be a little bit loud. They're a little flashy, and let's just call it what it is. They're kind of like shiny in your face we all know what they've been called and stuff like that but having said that i prefer it much more to the ultra posh almost stuffy look to like those pno and cunard lines i see pictures and videos of those ships and i don't know man i just honestly don't feel like i'd feel comfortable on those ships for whatever reason to me Every room in the Meraviglia, when I, Meraviglia, I should say, when I look at it, it manages to be a clear step up in decor from all these, most of the Royal Caribbean Carnival and Norwegian ships. It feels richer. It just feels nicer. But it doesn't give you that overly posh or overly sophisticated feel like where you feel like, you know what, you got to. Be on eggshells walking around. God forbid I spill a drop of uh, vodka soda, and a team of butlers is going to give me dirty looks as they surround me cleaning it up. I don't know, but like I said, it's on a different level from most of the ships I've seen, but not too much where you would be hesitant to cruise in the style that I cruise in and me and my friends do. You know, sometimes we get a little crazy, and as nice as it is, as cool as it looks, and as sleek as it looks, it doesn't. It it also still looks like it invites fun, which I totally appreciate and that's one of the things I love about it Uh, now you can tell they took a little bit from the Royal Caribbean book and uh, they just took it to another level they have this 315 foot long indoor promenade it looks breathtaking. Not only is it the center at night for shopping, restaurants, nightlife, many other forms of entertainment go on all over this place. But the most mind-blowing thing about this particular, I don't know what you want to call it, it's promenade, room, whatever, it's ceiling. It's a more than 300-foot-long cathedral-shaped, high-resolution LED dome. Can you imagine? You're looking up. uh, Just picture being inside of the biggest cathedral that you've ever seen and there's you know stores and shops and you look up and instead of just like a, a beautiful what do, what do you want to call it like a domed ceiling a cathedral style ceiling there is just high definition Moving abstract to natural scenes, backdrops, like nothing you've ever seen. Sometimes it's like high intensity. Sometimes it's just very peaceful. Sometimes it's bright and loud. Sometimes it's just an aquarium type setting. Sometimes it's stars like the sky. It mimics the sky. And it's just constantly changing 24-7. It's like a a planetarium up there for no reason. I mean, this is something I absolutely want to see. Also, the Lido deck. Going up to the Lido deck, that is like no other Lido deck I've ever seen at sea either. It's just something hard to describe about it. But just from an overall structural and construction standpoint, it's just so much nicer than anything I've seen. The jumbo screen is gorgeous. It's shaded above so you can actually see it you know when sometimes that light hits the thing and it's hard to see but it's placed perfectly so anywhere on the deck can see it everything is so sleek again hard to explain i really you got to just look up some uh you know tours it's actually out right now so you don't have to worry about just seeing the virtual tour you can see the actual tours Everything is so sleek, it's squared off. I mean, completely symmetrical. The pool has an incredible design to it. It's got these beautiful statues that were, you know, somebody you know, that were handcrafted and somebody took the time to put them on there. The theme for the ship is everything all things that are at sea. So, I think they're like dolphin statues and stuff like that. Also, you know how on the pool deck, on the Lido deck and in the pool itself, they have that area between, let's say, the edge of the pool and the pool itself? Sometimes it varies in size. Sometimes you could just kind of put your feet on it. Sometimes it's got like a long platform where you can walk around with it. You know what I'm saying? It's got, you know, just maybe it's an inch of water to four inches of water depending upon, you know, the motion of the ship. Uh, The Meravillia has that area too, but it's extra big, and it's on both sides, and each side is lined with permanent lounge chairs. Literally lounge chairs that are permanently fixed in there, and they – they they, they just sit in the water so you're laying on these lounge chairs and you're just outside of the pool laying very very comfortably peacefully in this beautiful beautiful area i would imagine that you probably have to get up pretty early in the morning to reserve those particular chairs all right the water park looks absolutely sick the specialty venues on board look amazing including the american style sports bar with virtual reality race cars they have a Cirque du Soleil dinner theater every single night. Can you imagine that? You can go in, eat dinner. In that dining room in the middle is an area, staging area, that was purposely built for Cirque du Soleil, and you get a Cirque du Soleil show every single night. As usual, you know, the aft pool is a high priority for me, and the Aft pool area is absolutely gorgeous. There's another pool with a retractable roof in case the weather is bad. And they also have an incredible adults-only solarium, again, taking a page out of the the, uh, Royal Caribbean book, which is right at the front of the ship. So it's always interesting. You know, Royal Caribbean innovates things. And then MSC, give them credit. I mean, they did copy, but give them credit, they did take it to another level. Um, I have no idea when I'm going to be able to do this. But I would like to also do a transatlantic moving on to the next cruise goal that I do have. Uh, I'm a huge fan of sea days. I don't know how you guys feel about sea days floating around in the middle of nowhere. For me, your day is completely your own. The ship is completely full of things to do if you choose to participate while being the perfect place to be if you want to do absolutely nothing as well. You're on an unforgettable adventure, and you're in it with like-minded people, and there is an unlimited opportunity for you to engage in mindless chit-chat with someone you'll never see again, or you never know. You may be sitting next to someone who might be your lifelong friend forever. It has happened. It happens more often than not. An example of one of these i like to take would be the one that's out of Tampa. You can also look up the repositioning cruises too. And with those, you get a great deal on. The problem is a lot of times they are coming more from uh, Europe and ending up in America than leaving America and going to Europe. You can catch one on a Trans-Pacific. Every once in a while, you can catch a uh, reposition going you know, back to Europe, but it's not that often. So what I was saying, an example of one of these that I would absolutely love to take would be the one out of Tampa. There's a particular one that's out of Tampa that's going to hit Key West, La Palma on the Canary Islands, and Tenerife on the Canary Islands, Malanga, Spain, or is it Melania, Spain? Melania or Malanga? You guys know me with the pronunciations. And it ends up in Barcelona. If I was going to do a transatlantic... I would definitely want to do I want I would want it to be to Barcelona. This is a 14-day sailing on the Rhapsody of the Seas, probably not the cream of the crop from Royal Caribbean. It's probably more comparable to the Elation of uh of Carnival, but still, you can do this cruise and get this. You could do this cruise on May 6th. Again, this is a 14-day transatlantic cruise from Tampa to Barcelona, Spain, and you can get this for $699 per person. See? The deals on these are out of control, so that's add that to the list of uh, cruise goals, and that is a transatlantic moving on, as you guys have heard me say uh, one of the best times I've ever had at sea was when I booked the Florida Georgia line. This is how we cruise cruise. Uh, with a girl I met on the very first night I met her. Well, we didn't book that night, but we did agree to go on the cruise in principle. It was all we just bonded over country music and had a great time. And, you know, we all, you know, you don't want to pay the whole thing. You know, I mean? she doesn't want to pay for a double occupancy. do So it's a little bit more when you're looking at cruise. You find people as long as people want to get in your room and you seem like you could stand them, you jump right on it. Then she found two other girls same situation uh we roomed with them uh, she only met her, those two girls one of the time at another festival so in theory all four of us were just getting to know each other for the first time on that cruise it was one of the best times i've ever had at sea and we're all still close to this day these cruises are so communal they consider their fellow passengers family they stay in touch visa social media pretty much forever And they continue to meet up with each other on on other theme cruises or other events around the country that are built around those artists or topics that the theme cruise was originally about in the first place. Uh, Some of the ones I'm looking at right now to go on a theme cruise are, uh, first and foremost, the Kid Rock Cruise. I would love to do that. The only problem is, is that you can't get on it. You can't go on that cruise unless you are friends with what they call another veteran of a Kid Rock cruise. They've sailed on the Kid Rock cruise in the past. Shout out to Sixth Man. But this cruise has a huge following. Uh, it's an absolute blast at sea. When they do these cruises, yeah, it's Kid Rock, but there are so many other artists in the lineup that you might also want to see or that you love. That you love. Uh, for example, I'm not even, I wasn't, I shouldn't say now, I wasn't. That big of a Florida Georgia Line fan. I am now. When I went on that cruise, they, they made me a believer. But that's not necessarily why I went on the cruise. Uh, I got to look at the rest of the lineup that was going to be playing on that cruise. And I was like, hell yeah. I am not missing this cruise whatsoever. All right. They got another one. Remember the Warped Tour back in the day? It was with all those kind of like pop punk bands. Those bands are still, a lot of them are still kicking. And they got a, some cream of the crop names on the Warped Tour Rewind Uh and it's gonna be with three oh H three or however you say that, three O exclamation part point H three whatever they are. American Hi Fi, Bowling for Soup, Good Charlotte, Simple Plan. Those are you talking some heavy hitters in the pop punk genre. Uh, think like turn of the century era. I think a lot of you guys you know, you guys probably came up. You're probably not as old as me, but you're probably no spring chicken either, and you probably not too many nineteen year olds listening to this thing, so A lot of you probably do remember that era. And a lot of you, maybe not all of you, but probably a little (laughs) fond of that era. And I'd definitely be into this type of cruise. Again, all you need is something that you're mildly into for a theme cruise. If you're sort of into it, borderline, dare I say, if you can stand it, the experience that you're going to get by just enjoying it with a bunch of people who are that enthusiastic about it, it's going to just make you love it that much, much more. Um, Even better. For you '80s fans out there, now this is the area where you are getting to be my age group. This one is actually a celebrity cruise ship. It's the Summit. It's a seven-day cruise, which is very, very rare for theme cruises. I'll tell you. Usually, they're like getting it out four-day cruises, maybe one stop, and then back home. It's all about being on the ship with the music and whatever you know topic it is. Um, but this one has artists like Rick Springfield, Mike and the Mechanics, Lover Boy, and ready, wait for it. Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean? Imagine pulling into port with Billy Ocean singing Caribbean Queen live right in front of you. This might be the the spring cruise I'm going to do next year, honestly. I may actually book this one, no questions asked. Uh, this has me reconsidering the Panama Canal. Uh, the stops on this one, too. So you're talking about a celebrity summit, which is a, a great ship. I've never done a non-Big 3 cruise. And you guys know that. This show is typically, you know... Based around the big three. So I'm, I am sorry if you're just hearing that for the first time. I've never done a non-big three. I would love to ha- take this opportunity to do a celebrity uh, cruise sh- a celebrity cruise on the summit. The stops. Are you ready for the stops? St. Thomas, Tortola, and Coco Cay. Uh, the new improved Coco Cay. Uh, they're adding the port. They're adding some other stuff. And they're kind of amping it up a little bit. It's probably still not going to be as cool as Labadee. But... Uh, Coco Quay is going to another level. I'm actually getting cruise chills right now. I want to book this cruise right now. I may do that as soon as this podcast is over. Because I was looking before, and it said you can get on the ship for 400 bucks. All you got to do is find three other people to pay 400 bucks each, and you are smooth sailing. And again, there's just an energy about these cruises. Throwing the fact that it's an actual, actual, legitimate itinerary on a ship that I've never been on. I think this might be the one, guys. I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. We already know I'm doing the escape and the victory for the fall of this year. Uh, But should I book this cruise for the March cruise or the spring cruise next year? Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, let me know. All right, very simply, the last cruise goal that I have, speaking of what we just spoke about, is to go to Labadee, Haiti. On a Royal Caribbean cruise or a celebrity cruise. Why? Because that is the only way you can go to Laba de Haiti. It is a private island of Royal Caribbean. And this place looks incredible. It looks beautiful. I'm not normally the biggest fan of private islands because, again, I'm just not the biggest sit around and do nothing all day beach guy. I'm not that bum, that beach bum that likes to sit there soak in the sun and you gotta pull me off the beach. You know? No, I like the beach for a little while. And when I do go on the beach, I like to know that there's shade there. I like to know that there's drinks there. And that's pretty much it. I don't necessarily like to sit around all day. But Labadee offers so much. They have the cabanas. They have, and the real reason, the main reason I want to go to this place is because I want to do that giant zip line. That where you go to the top of that hill and you're up at the top and they're strapping you in, I would be petrified. I would be scared crapless, to be honest with you. I've never ziplined before. I, uh, I gotta get down to 220 pounds, 215 pounds to feel comfortable about getting on a zipline. And then when I do, I'll still be scared crapless. But I think I will do it. It may take a couple of drinks, but you know, getting that video of that and putting that to music and just, just literally, how you know, it just looks amazing on video. I could imagine what it looks must look like in person. You get the full view of everything, the whole entire island. You could probably see the curvature of the earth up there. Maybe, maybe not. but And then you get to, uh, you know, you see a full view of the cruise ship. I want to do that. Also, I want to do that roller coaster there. I did a similar one. I think it's probably the s- similar, if not the exact same, in uh, Ocho Rios, Jamaica. But uh, I still want to do it. I want to do that, you know, Dragon's I think it's called the Dragon's Breath roller coaster up there. Definitely want to do that. There is a beach. I would hang out on the beach. I do want to do the water sports there. It looks like a beautiful place to do jet skiing and snorkeling and stuff like that. And they have that uh, aqua park where you can kind of do like almost like that that uh, obstacle course on water. Definitely want to try that too. But as far as, you know, just a private island, if there is one that I like, the, the, the crown jewel of private islands is clearly supposed to be Disney Castaway Key. Just tons and tons of stuff to do there. But again... Yeah, we all, it's Disney, you, you kind of tend to shy away from Disney for two reasons. A, you think kids, and B, it's an arm and a leg. But Lombardy is definitely in my sights. All right, so we got a couple of emails this week. Uh, like I said, email me, tommy at com. We want to be able to answer some questions. We want to be able to have a little bit of a back and forth with you guys. And, you know, even if it's not something you... If it's something you heard from another email, if it's something you heard me say that you'd like to add on to, if you have, if you heard me say something that you'd like to rec- uh, correct, do that, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, or just qu- uh, questions in general. So, right now we've got a couple of emails for this week. Uh, hey, Tommy, just wanted to chime in on the podcast. This is by, from Carlos, by the way. Uh, hey Tommy, just wanted to chime in on the podcast you did about the Carnival Magic and my experience with the Breeze, which is the same class of ships and the last one to be built in the Dream class. I honestly booked the Breeze on a fluke one night when Carnival was having their seventy-two hour sale, and I came upon a six-night out of Miami in a guaranteed balcony for three ninety-nine a person. Wow, that's a sick deal! Three ninety-nine for a six-night cruise on one of their better, better ships. Uh, it's a steal. It was a steal, and I jumped all over it without even doing the research on the ship. It was actually my very first Carnival cruise, so I booked the six-day Western Caribbean itinerary to three ports I haven't been to before. So two weeks prior to our sailing, I was given my cabin assignment and was shocked to what I got from them it was an 8d balcony room in room 8398 right in the middle of the ship it was great i chose this ship based on all the amenities and nightly entertainment that was uh, that everyone raved about so i skeptically I, so i was skeptical about going on Carnival since i always heard they were horrible and not that great boy were people wrong i have no clue what level people's expectations are but mine were met and carnival is on par with both norwegian and royal caribbean in many aspects when you enter the breeze it has an awe-inspiring atrium that in my opinion is better than vista i've been on both ships there was a tone a ton of things was a ton ton of things going on during embarkation that made us feel so welcome to be aboard now i believe all three dream class vessels are pretty much equal to equal in layouts But since the breeze was the last to be built, it had all the 2.0 amenities and then some. Fat Jimmy's barbecue was off the hook. I ate there numerous times during my cruise. It now has been transformed into Guy's Pig and Anchor. As far as the main pool layout, it wasn't bad at all. The pool is small and I never, yeah, I mentioned that. The pool is small and I never really got to hang out there as it was crowded all the time and I spent a lot of time in the aft pool and in serenity deck i can confirm that putting the serenity deck next to the water slide can be noisy most of the time so i had to wake up early and find a place towards the front of the serenity deck the promenade deck is good as well to go find a peaceful relaxing area to rest during the day and at night there was always Uh, Seating to be found around the outside promenade. Flow of the ship was good and not really congested, unlike the Vista. Our dining was the same time every night, so we can go to the shows and comedy on a nightly basis. We were seated with people in our age category, and the waiter was a blast. Matt Mitchum was the cruise director, and he was a blast on the breeze, and he was the CD Uh, on the vista as well when i was on her earlier this year if anyone else has an opportunity to sail with this guy do it like you said in the podcast they do comedy in the back of the ship in the limelight lounge and yes they kick you out at the end of the show and you need to go line up at the hallway where the piano bar is the comedy is the same now to when it was with george lopez uh, name was involved i heard he really had no input and they just used him for his name i have been to On all three of the mainstream cruise lines and carnival kicks everyone else's butt in comedy and other entertainment. I won't get into the food as you covered it already uh, and it's the same as the other ships. American Table is just okay. I like how it changes every day with different times. I was on the Splendor last year, and it was traditional menus they were using. There are a ton of reviews online about these ships, and all I can say is go in with an open mind. Like I said earlier, I was on the Vista earlier this year on an eight-day cruise, and in all honesty, I would go back on the breeze in a heartbeat. I really miss those atrium elevators. I think I may have another carnival cruise left in me to do before I move up to something else. I am hoping it will be the horizon, but... I'm going to hold back and wait to see what they do with this ship on the inside. Although the Magic offers some great itineraries out of Port Canaveral, so this is what I might choose before she leaves to Galveston next year. Cheers, Carlos. Carlos, thank you. Uh, basically, your email tells me that I pretty much got most of the stuff right in my ship profile. I did mention the fact that I thought the pool was small. Uh, it seemed to be small. It didn't seem like if you're really into swimming and being in a pool. Uh, the carnival magic didn't seem like the cruise for you. Uh, I agree with you as far as carnival goes, like people say Carnival is the uh th- the stepchild of the big three, and that 's just simply not the case. they all three first of all you can 't base it on that because you have to pick what 's important to you. The difference between those three cruise lines are so subtle. you have to undoubtedly give the nod in innovation to Royal Caribbean. But there's other things that Norwegian is great at and there's other things that Carnival is good at, such as, you know, consistency, such as pricing, such as comedy, such as that aft pool that I love so much. And uh, I think the steak at sea in Carnival is, is, is as good as anybody's. So uh, friendliness on Carnival is better than anybody's. So, you know, Royal Caribbean has the reputation of being the best of the big three then norwegian somewhere in the middle and then it seems like carnival but i just don't agree with those pigeonholes i don't agree with putting those people those three cruise lines in those pigeonholes is just i'm not saying it's wrong either all i'm saying is that it's not that easy to just say oh yeah easy uh real career. people ask all the time what's the best cruise line out of the big three and again a what do you like to do and b which class of ships do you plan on going on? So again, thank you so much for the email, Carlos. Carlos again is really really cool with me during the week. Sends me a ton of links and stuff like that. I don't always get a chance to 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 pop back and necessarily go over each one of them, but they're all really cool. And whether I uh, am back at you with uh, you know or not, I do appreciate them, and I and I really really hope they keep continue to come. Thanks again, Carlos. All right, moving on. Tommy, good morning. Uh, this is from. Uh, Christina, right? Yeah. Uh, Good morning. I solemnly swear to proofread my emails going forward. LOL. Thanks for taking the time to read my email on the podcast. Here's the info for the Super Bowl cruise. And again, I don't necessarily think I'm going to go on this cruise, although it does sound very, very attractive. We're getting back to the whole thing where we talked about, you know, doing what you want on a cruise. Here's an example of you're actually going on a cruise for a sporting event. And a bunch of like-minded people who are into football, NFL football, and are going to on this cruise to watch the Super Bowl together amongst a host of other things. Come on. There's really nothing wrong with that. Is there, Matt? Come on. All right. Good morning. These are the prices for the two people in one room. So this is the price per person based on double occupancy. Inside, starting at $7.25. Ocean View, starting at $8.75. Balcony starting at 1368 Deposit is $200 per stateroom. Let me know if you have any questions or your friends want me to start looking at specific rooms. Talk to you soon. I appreciate that information. But like I said, uh, A, because I do have a standing tradition every year. I talk to you about my friends that I grew up with. We're, I'm fortunate enough to be uh, very, very close with six of my friends that you know we've pretty much known since day one, since first grade. And uh, that's, let me tell you, that's a lot of years. So we uh you know everybody's married, everybody's in different directions, so the times we get to hang out with each other, whether it's birthday dinner, holiday dinner, or the other one is Super Bowl, uh I probably will, and the Super Bowl ends up always being like right on right around or on my birthday, so I'll probably end up uh just doing what I normally do for the Super Bowl, the tradition that I've had for probably the last fifteen twenty years or so, and of course, uh, I did come across that that eighties cruise, you know, I don't know how that's gonna be, I just see that being fun, just fun as hell. You know, if you're going on an 80s cruise, you got to think about it. I love every single cruise I've ever been on, but you know, like I know, sometimes you get a wacky crowd. A big big thing about your cruise, how your cruise is going to go. You know what you're thinking before you get on the ship, you know? It's going to go from really really good to absolutely out of control fun, and that will be based on again, we're all thinking about it. We're all looking at it. We're not necessarily saying it, but we're all hoping for that good, fun crowd or that crowd of like-minded people that we're looking for. If you're an elderly person, yeah, you want an elderly crowd. If you're looking to let loose and get crazy, you're looking for a get-crazy crowd. When you book a theme cruise... Takes that out of the equation. You're not worried about the crowd. You know the crowd is going to be there, so you know you're going to have a good time. So that's why I'm really, really pumped about going on a theme cruise. And again, all we got to do is get four three four people in a room. And yes, on a theme cruise, there's nothing wrong with four people in a room because again, theme cruise, you are out and about the whole time. The, you, you're basically hostile living. It's a hostel. Your room is a hostel. So. Don't hesitate to book a theme cruise. And if you do, don't hesitate to book an inside cabin. And if you do, don't hesitate. To put four people in that room. And save yourself some money. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate the emails. Appreciate the support. Everything on Instagram. Uh, Tommy oh, uh, Tommy at Always Be Booked. Uh, email me. Uh, always Be Booked on Instagram. Always Be Booked on Facebook. And all new. Always Be Booked on Twitter. Please follow me wherever you are so inclined. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next time. Take care.
0: There's a place. Where the boat from, it takes away a lot of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part set of them nine hundred tree. And the drinks are cold, and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away. Where the boat leads from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves, Jimmy? And don't grab your coat, you won't need it where we are going Get away, to where the boat leaves from It takes away, I love your big problems You could worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away, to where the boat leaves from Pick me up, pick me up, pick me up